his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. Good morning. WBEN News Time 502. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Clear skies outside right now. 56 degrees in Buffalo. The top shooter arraigned yesterday on a 25-count indictment. WBEN's Brayton Wilson was in the courtroom. One charge that the suspect faces is 10 counts of murder in the second degree as a hate crime, which elevates the charge to the same level as murder in the first degree in New York State. You may ask, what was the need of doing that? Why couldn't you just charge the 10 counts of murder in the first degree and leave it alone? I could have done that, but I felt it was important to the community, to the victims, to charge everything that allegedly occurred on this date. And that is why I chose to charge murder in the second degree, motivated by hate as well. That's Erie County District Attorney John Flynn. The other charges the suspected gunman faces includes one count of domestic act of terrorism motivated by hate in the first degree, 10 counts of murder in the first degree, three counts of attempted murder in the second degree as a hate crime, and one count of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. The defense submitted a not guilty plea of the charges against the suspected shooter and another court appearance is set for July 7th. While Thursday was mainly about the indictment and what was handed down to the suspect, Flynn couldn't help but commend the Buffalo Police Department once again for their swift actions on that fateful Saturday after the first 911 call was made. From the 911 call that went out to when BPD arrived, one minute. I do know once BPD arrived, it took them 61 seconds to apprehend the defendant. And then I do know that after the apprehension of the defendant, it took less than 10 seconds to run into tops for a total of probably two minutes and 20 seconds. So in two minutes and 20 seconds from the time of the 911 call, BPD ran into tops without knowing what was in there. That's the heroic nature of the Buffalo Police Department. More from the Erie County District Attorney is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Right, Brayton, thank you. Meanwhile, in Albany, as that was going on, New York's legislature passed uh, legislation last night banning anyone under 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle. It's a major change to state firearms laws pushed through less than three weeks after that shooting at Tops. The bill to raise the age limit passed the Senate along party lines and in the Assembly 102 to 47. The legislation, which also launches a licensing requirement, the centerpiece of a package of gun control bills announced earlier this week. Other new legislation will restrict civilian purchases of body armor, which was worn by the shooter in Buffalo, also requiring new guns to be equipped with micro-stamping technology that can help law enforcement investigators trace bullets to particular firearms. The governor 
releasing a statement saying she looks forward to signing those bills into law. Strong words from President Biden last night on gun violence and the need for national gun policy changes. 56 candles lined the floor behind President Biden during his address last night, representing every U.S. state and territory impacted by gun violence. How many more innocent American lives must be taken before we say enough, enough? The president repeated his call to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He also asked lawmakers to pass so-called red flag and safe storage laws and stricter background checks after a wave of mass shootings in Oklahoma, Texas, and New York. Money seized from criminals will be put to use in New York City to try and keep kids from guns. Nothing seems to stop the proliferation of guns on New York streets. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is hoping to keep kids away from guns by funding community groups that spruce up public spaces where guns have shed blood. We know from the research, if you take a location that has been marred by gun violence, and beautify it, um, the rates of violence go down. Money the DA's office has seized through criminal forfeiture will now pay stipends to teens and young adults to improve their block or to participate in behavior therapy during the summer months when gun violence usually spikes. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. WBEN Newstime is 5.06. With gas prices still on the rise, President Biden now reportedly looking to Saudi Arabia to help lower the cost of gas and oil. According to the Associated Press, Biden will visit Saudi Arabia later this month and could meet with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. That would be a departure from his comments as a presidential candidate when Biden promised to treat Saudi Arabia like a pariah state for the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, an outspoken critic of the Saudi government. U.S. intelligence concluded Prince bin Salman ordered Khashoggi's killing, an allegation he denies. It's Justin Finch reporting. 5.07, summer unofficially underway. Some great weather forecast for this weekend. We'll get to that in just a moment. But festivals and events ready to kick off in a way not seen in over two years. WBEN's Tom Puckett here with more. If it's the first weekend of June in Buffalo, it's Greek Fest weekend, and it's an exciting time, says Father Christos Christakis of Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church. We're very excited because we're back to normal now, and we are very busy trying to organize everything and to welcome the people of Buffalo in our festival, in our church. While there's excitement, Christakis admits the festival comes at a bittersweet time. Our church is only a mile away from the site at Jefferson Avenue, uh, so uh, it, it is, it is uh, a very difficult time and sad time, and uh, we share the sorrow of our, of our people here. But at the same time, um, we're going to honor them by remembering them, but also by going back to our beautiful event we have in the city of Buffalo. If you're looking to do some shopping at some place new, Queen City Superfly opens up at the Outer Harbor. We literally have, you know, just for example, like local companies such as myself, Queen City Vintage, 26 shirts, cheesy chicks, Lloyd's Taco, and then also including, you know, small mom and pop people who just want to set up and just kind of sell some items that they have sitting around in their house. Kai Mikolajic says the weather looks great for opening weekend. Links to both events in our story online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, exciting. Uh, this debut of Queen City Flea, Super Flea sounds great. Yeah, it should be a fun time. Great weather for it. I mean, that's what yes. matters when you're talking about a big outdoor market in Buffalo. This is the weekend that you want to open for sure. And I just think a lot of people are really interested in this super flea, whether it's 
like the old Super Flea or if it's something new? I think uh, brand new. Don't go in expecting anything like the Super Flea. I think you're absolutely <laughs> That's right. That's probably the good thing, but a lot of vendors, a uh, lot less uh, dirt <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of new things. Uh, and, yeah, weather. I mean, come on. You can't ask for anything better. Hey, if you're uh, looking for a summer job, guess what? You're in luck. High school and college students looking for a little extra money this summer may find they can sock away more than they expected. Teens looking for seasonal work are finding themselves in a strong bargaining position. Researchers at Drexel University Center for Labor Markets and Policy tell the Associated Press that an average of 33 percent of 16 to 19 year olds will be employed from now through August. That's the highest percentage since 2007. Many employers are willing to negotiate wages, some even throwing in signing bonuses. Daria Albany or ABC News. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for partly to mostly sunny skies today. Temperatures in the low 70s this afternoon. Slight, slight chance for a shower in the North Towns later today. Tonight, skies will clear. It's going to be cool. Overnight lows in the upper 40s. Saturday, mostly sunny skies. Highs in the mid 60s. Some more clouds on Sunday with highs near 70. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Attorney Dennis Vaco is joining us this morning, partner with Lippis Mathias, LLP, former New York State Attorney General and former U.S. Attorney for Western New York. Dennis, good morning. Good morning, Susan. We're talking about the case against the 18-year-old Buffalo mass shooter. Dennis, can a fair trial be held here in Erie County, or do you expect a change of venue? Well, what I do expect is a motion for a change of venue. Uh, I, I think that that's already been signaled by uh, the defendant's defense team uh, within the past week or so. They they brought a motion before Judge Craig Hanna, who was initially handling the case, uh, essentially seeking to uh, muzzle the, the DA, or at least to limit the district attorney's public comments on the case. And in that application, they they raised the possibility of, of uh, the, the need to uh, seek a change of venue so I, I do anticipate a motion. I think, you know, John Flynn probably feels the same way, but not because of any of the statements that he's made, but just because of the, uh, the enormous coverage that this, this case has already received. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that the, you know, by, by time they get to that motion and by time they get to, uh, you know, realizing that this, this, the, the um, news, the information about this, this crime is nationwide. I, I think ultimately the case stays here. Yeah, I was just going to ask you on that. Uh, when a judge is making a decision like this, that motion is put forward. Uh, considering what you just said, that there's attention throughout the nation, it's not just a local case. And then, you know, also in some ways, considering, you know, the reality of the situation, the DA yesterday saying, all right, everybody is entitled to a fair trial. Okay, but Dennis, we know what happened. We know who this person is. We know who live streamed this. We know the horrific acts that took place. We know the actions. Um, does a judge ever look at that as well and saying, you know, all right, if this were a contested case, you know, a real question of who done it, this could make a difference. In this case, I, I don't know. I don't know if any normal person could see it. Right. I, I get what you're saying. And, you know, of course, we're looking at it from the perspective of of uh, outside observers, 
you know, none of us, the three of us won't be uh, jurors, most likely in this case. Um, uh, and at some level, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're just reacting to the information that's out there as opposed to, um, you know, an analysis of the law and the facts. And I don't think that in notwithstanding what you just said about the perception of the strength of the case, um, you know, the video certainly doesn't uh, uh, help the defendant at all. But notwithstanding the, the strength of the case, I think the judge, a judge, uh, when determining whether venue should be moved, uh, will look at whether or not the it's, it's more about what the public knows, what the public perceives, and whether the judge believes that in some way the jury pool, you know, in general, uh, will will have already been tainted to the point of um, the, the point where they can't be impartial. Now, keep in mind that during jury selection, that same issue will be raised. And again, even if there is a pre-trial motion for the change of venue, which is denied during jury selection, if they get to the point where they can't find 12 people that can sit there and say under oath that they will be impartial, then that might create a different scenario. But I think at first blush, the court will just look at this from the perspective of what the court's impression is based upon the information presented by both the DA's office and by the defense as to whether or not the, the general pool, the general public, had been so tainted here. Dennis, in addition to the state case, the feds are also considering charges, and it could be a death penalty case. Would the two cases occur simultaneously, and how soon could we hear about federal charges? They, they, they can uh, uh, be pursued simultaneously, separate jurisdiction, uh, separate statutes, separate elements of the offense. And while, you know, typically you don't see, uh, because, you know, this situation arises often in, in other types of offenses where both the feds and state prosecutors have concurrent jurisdiction, but typically, you know, one or the other takes the case. In this instance, I do believe that, um, well, clearly, and uh, U.S. Attorney Trini Ross has already indicated that she and her office are already reviewing the circumstances of this. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't mean to preempt her, her thought process on this, but I think eventually uh, there will be a federal prosecution. Uh, the federal prosecution, as you mentioned, uh, does carry the prospect um, if they charge the hate crime offense that does carry with it the prospect of the death penalty. Um, but the, the simple answer to your question is, yes, cases can uh, uh, be pursued simultaneously. On that idea of a federal case, um, how often does something like that happen? And, and I think, you know, again, from the layman's perspective, looking at this, uh, I mean, if this doesn't rise to a federal case, and death penalty case, why even have the law on the books? Because what else would? Well, Brian, I, I, I agree with your analysis. And again, I don't mean to superimpose my, my judgment or my analysis on the, the, the deliberation of uh, uh, U.S. Attorney Trini Ross or the Department of Justice. But I think that in this instance, um, given the pre-planning uh, giving the the clear motivation of prejudice and hate, given the number of people who were who were shot, given you know the the suggestion that he was uh, motivated by uh, white supremacy uh, motives, 
uh, taking all of that together, uh, this seems to me to be a ripe case for a federal prosecution and the application of the death penalty. Of course, there's a process, it's a long process. Trini Ross can't make that decision on her own. Uh, the Department of Justice in Washington, all the way up to the Attorney General, uh, gets to make the final de decision as to whether or not a death penalty case should be brought. And it's possible because I think that there's in existence right now at least a moratorium on death penalty prosecutions at the federal level. So I think that consideration also will come into play here. But just from the perspective of the facts and circumstances, what we know about this person, what we know about what he did pre-planning, what we know about his, his motives, I think that the federal statute fits perfectly. Uh, on that uh, federal statute, I know you mentioned the moratorium, too, so that plays a role here. But, you know, say it was on the table. Maybe this is not a fair or uh, possible question to answer. But given your experience and what you see today and throughout the country, is there an appetite for handing down the death penalty? Um, uh, is that something you would expect to happen, or is that just so circumstantial it would depend on uh, who is on the jury, where, you, you know, all of these types of things? Well, the first of all, the decision at the Department of Justice level comes at the beginning of the charging process. So, um, you know, the, the decision will be made on what the Department of Justice knows about the facts and circumstances how those facts apply to the federal hate crime uh, statute and whether or not the conduct here rises to the level of requiring the death penalty. So as the case is charged, um, shortly thereafter, there, and again, there is a process, um, but it, it, the, the decision about the death penalty, the, uh, the charging of the death penalty offense is made long before the jury comes into play. Um, the other factor here, in my estimation, is, you know, shortly after the, the, the shooting here in Buffalo, um, you had the incident in Texas as well. And, and I think that, you know, the Department of Justice eventually will have to look at this and say, we have this statute on the books. It's there because the Congress believes that it serves as a deterrent for these types of offenses, but it becomes less of a deterrent if it's never used. So, again, I'm not prejudging what the Department of Justice does here, but if they're not going to use it in a case like this or a case in Texas, then they should take it off the books. Dennis, appreciate the time this morning. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Dennis Facco, a partner with Lippis Mathias LLP, former state attorney general and former U.S. attorney for Western New York. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.